Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Dr. Eric Griggs, Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk to you about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our daily live show that airs at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Oh boy, this should be fun. Let's talk about the report given by the COVID task force to the Senate today. We're not out of the woods yet, said Dr. Robert Redfield, the director of the CDC at a high profile hearing before the Senate's health committee. Four government doctors that make up the Trump administration's coronavirus response team painted a grim picture on Tuesday of the months ahead. They warned that the United States does not yet have control over the pandemic. Furthermore, they alerted the committee about a lack of crucial capabilities to contain an inevitable surge if the nation reopens the economy too quickly. In fact, Dr. Anthony Fauci told senators that if the country did not adequately prepare, then we run the risk of having a resurgence. The task force members always also warned that a vaccine would not be ready in time for the new school year and conceded that the country still lacked an adequate contact tracing infrastructure to monitor the spread of COVID-19. Moreover, Dr. Fauci warned that if the country reopened prematurely, the consequences would be really serious. Doc, this is, this is a serious conversation. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Listen, here's what's most important here. See, more than anything, we need a strong public health infrastructure to be ready for this surge of cases that our public health leaders are now warning us about. We need those tests. We need those contact tracers. We need role modeling for wearing of masks. And we need to be ready for the new wave of cases that this country will soon see. So let's talk obesity. Obesity continues to crystallize as a very important risk factor for COVID-19 mortality in the U.S. In a recent study based out of New York City, 200 patients who contracted COVID-19 were reviewed. Now, they found that obesity, along with advanced age and male sex, were each independently associated with a significant increased mortality from COVID-19. The study was published on the pre-print server MedArchive, meaning it, it hasn't been peer-reviewed, but it does highlight how underlying health conditions are playing a large role in COVID-19 mortality. So on this podcast, we've touched on why age and male sex are tied to worse health outcomes for COVID-19 patients. But why exactly is obesity associated with increased mortality? Doc, what are your thoughts on this? So Doc, that's really not surprising. Uh, we know that people with a high BMI or a body mass index already tend to have problems breathing. They carry more weight on their chest, which compresses their lungs. And because COVID-19 is mainly a, a respiratory disease, that may put heavier uh, patients at a disadvantage. We know that obesity has been a problem in our country for a long time and is an underlying risk factor for a number of health conditions, which existed way before novel SARS-CoV-2. What's surprising, though, is the facts that we're still not taking it seriously enough. A lot of people don't understand the definition of obesity, which is kind of everyone's fault, because that in itself can have cultural complexities. The facts are being obese with a body mass index or height to weight ratio above 30 can restrict the capacity of the lungs to expand, which can cause other lung related uh, conditions like sleep apnea or any other number of 
pulmonary dysfunctions. COVID-19 targets the lungs, and anyone with reduced lung capacity should understand that being overweight not only puts you at risk from severe illness from chronic disease, but also with SARS-CoV-2, it can lead to hospitalization, a ventilator, and ultimately and sadly, death. So do you really think it's a good idea to skip your pediatric vaccines? Answer's no. The current coronavirus pandemic has disrupted standard vaccinations for many kids in the U.S., according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. Pediatricians across the country are seeing drops in in-person patient visits to about 20 to 30 percent of the volume they would normally see during this time of year. A shift to telemedicine is partly responsible, but fear of exposure uh, to coronavirus at doctor's offices has also prevented parents from bringing patients uh, to their routine office visits, our kids. In addition, the CDC's vaccine tracking system saw a notable decrease in orders for recommended non-influenza childhood vaccines and measles-containing vaccines, which began a week after the national emergency declaration. Without children receiving proper vaccination series, serious diseases such as measles, whooping cough, and meningitis have the potential to stir up in our younger patient populations. Doc, uh, what are your thoughts here? Kids are missing their vaccines. Yeah, you know, the CDC posted recommendations emphasizing the importance of routine medical care for children uh, and immunization, particularly for children under the age of two, when many childhood vaccinations are recommended. This not only protects individual patients, but the community at large. When a large enough percentage of people are vaccinated against the disease, the general population is better protected because there are very few people who can contract the infection then infect others. Now you've heard us use this term uh, herd immunity in relationship to COVID, but the same goes true for vaccinations uh, of other conditions as well. Now pediatricians are taking extra measures to ensure that patients receive their routine vaccinations in a safe environment, such as extra sanitizing of patient rooms, setting up drive-through clinics, separate hours, and spaces for well visits and performing temperature checks at office entrances. So if you have kids, make sure their total health doesn't suffer because of delaying vaccinations or other important healthcare visits. So are there new drugs on the horizon? You know, it seems like every day we're hearing about a new study or trial that comes out and maybe sounds like a miracle fix for COVID-19. But today we wanna to break down some of those studies. The first treatment that we're gonna talk about is being referred to as a triple therapy because it includes the mix of three older antiviral drugs, uh, including interferon, ribavirin, and an old HIV drug referred to as lopinavir, ritonavir. Now, so far it has been shown in small studies to reduce the length of time someone is infectious and it does show a slight improvement in the length of symptoms. So we're gonna keep our eye on this one. Now, another treatment that we've been seeing in the news recently is tulcizumab. Now, part of the reason why people are getting so sick uh, because the virus uh, will overstimulate the immune system, and this is referred to as a cytokine storm. Now, this drug helps to prevent or slow down uh, this overstimulation uh, of your system. Now, the study was small, but the early results are promising, and there are new and bigger trials that are on the horizon. Now, finally, Remdesivir, <laughs> another antiviral. Now, this is uh, probably the drug that has been most talked about. The preliminary results are very promising, and the FDA approved this drug for emer emergency use. 
So it looks like we have some good, uh, potentially decent treatments coming down the line. Do you feel especially good about any of these? So, Doc, uh, let me be perfectly honest. Uh, there are several treatments being uh, tested right now, but none of them are a slam dunk or this miracle cure that we're all looking for. And let me say something quickly about uh, remdesivir, because that's the one we hear the most about. Although it's the front runner and currently the most promising treatment we have, it's not perfect. Uh, it does show a faster recovery time, but we currently don't have any proof that it's actually, actually significantly saving the lives of sick patients. Uh, you know, with clinical trials, as with all the drugs that we talk about, we just don't know. It's great that we have horses in the race, but we don't know how this is going to finish. With that said, it's, best, it's our best bet to try to avoid getting the virus in the first place. So folks that are listening, please continue what we know works, social isolation, staying at home, wearing your mask. Please wear your mask when you're out and wash your hands, wash your hands. Hey, Doc, wash your hands. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Darian and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at Dr. Derry. You can follow Noise Filter at Noise Filter on social media and NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Of course. Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc? Protect yourself and others by staying home. And please wear masks whenever you go outside. Health is a human right. Mm -hmm.